I'm Jim Wills, and this is the Art Unknown Podcast, where we feed your soul with art. One should always believe in what he or she can create. In our own way, every human being is kind of creating their own masterpiece of themselves. Experiment, explore. Don't be afraid to to be yourself. You have to live every single day to the fullest because you don't know when you're going to leave. Art elevates our lives everywhere. So this week on the podcast, I'm very excited. We have another visual artist to talk to. And uh, we sort of, you know, in life, things come often in threes. Three seems to be a magical number in this world for whatever reason. And this is our third artist that has sort of come through the same circles. And so I, I find that really, really interesting. And she, I don't know if this interview will be the third visual artist in a row, but she's right in there. And I don't know a whole lot about her other than she's, reached out to us and said, hey, tell us what you tell us what you're doing. I've heard about you. I'm interested in hearing more about what you guys do. And here's my artwork. What do you think of it? And so there was a connection. There was a synergy. We loved her art. It was very different from a lot of the art that we have on the Art Unknown store. And yeah, like I said, she really seemed to connect with our message and our our mission. So let's we'll talk more about that. But let's get to know and talk to Janet Dosini. Janet, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm glad we were able to make this connection. Um, it's it's pretty amazing in modern technology, the fact that we can be on two different points halfway around the world and still talk to each other and, and communicate. It's amazing. So thank you for taking the time to sit down with us, with me. I know you've listened to a few of the episodes and you may have recognized a little bit of a pattern. <laughs> I start off most every episode with an inspiration, something that inspires the artist. So I'm going to ask you the same question. And it can be, of course, anything. It doesn't have to be in the art world or in the, even in the visual art world. But I'm curious to know what you are inspired most by, Janet. It seems like I was born with a fascination for colors. And as soon as I had a way to play with them, I was enjoying them and, you know, playing with crayons and just, just messing around with the colors and seeing what showed up. Now. What inspires me seems to be um, coming from the inner work that I do, my inner, my spiritual practice. And uh, I don't quite know how to explain that, but when I'm feeling very deeply involved in that, there can be this loving energy that just pours through and, and it can be visual. It can express in a lot of ways. And, Sometimes that just inspires a way to get started on a painting and it just kind of shows up as I go along. That's very interesting. So a couple of things to unpack there. The first being color, always inspired by color. And I think actually you might be the first artist, at least visual artist that I've spoken to that has said color, which is amazing because <laughs> we live in a color world and oh, I, yes. very few of the artists that I that I've spoken to work monochromatically or even in black and white. So it's interesting to have you bring that up this far down my path of 50 plus podcast interviews. But so I find that interesting color. Did you have the box of 
like I don't know what it is now, it might even be 128, but like 64 colors when you're a kid. And I had the biggest ones they made. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. I had and I didn't care them. too much for color books. I I played with color books, but I played in the margins too. I wanted to make my own stuff. Uh, you were one of those artists that liked to draw outside the lines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing you mentioned here is about inspiration. Is you're also inspired by your spiritual practice, which I'm excited to get into. Excuse me, a little bit more. Now, you know one of the other artists that I've interviewed directly that's on our store, Suzanne Frazier. Yes. And I think you guys lived in Crestone, Colorado. Did you live there right. together? Um, not together, no, but we knew At each other. At the same other. time? I took, I took some classes from her, and it was really wonderful. Okay. So those so of you organized. Who, <laughs> well, those of you who are listening to this for the first time listening to this podcast, that's your first one. Go back and check out the Suzanne Fraser interview we did. She lived with Janet and a small a group of other people. Dino Crestone is not that big of a place, but lives in Crestone, Colorado. It's it's an amazing town that I've been through many times. I've never really spent much time there. I just know it as a great gateway to the southern Rocky Mountains, to the Sangre de Cristo range. I've done a lot of hiking up there, and it's one of the most beautiful spots in Colorado by far. So I can understand this town has a lot of spirituality to it. In Suzanne's podcast, she was talking a lot about a spiritual movement that she was attached to and that she uh, was involved in. Now, was that, is it the same spiritual movement or that's a different one than what when you're involved in? You a know? different one. It is different. Yeah. Okay, look at that. So, yeah, but you know, they can all they can all work together. One of oh, the absolutely. most scenes impressed on was uh, the Catholic monastery having their Christmas services and a bunch of Buddhist monks taking up a couple of the pews oh that's fantastic i also know creston is being one of those places where there's many sort of spiritual traditions all in one little community and the population is only uh, what a few hundred people at most a few hundred well just a a couple maybe not even a couple hundred in the town itself and there's a very large subdivision outside of the town called the baca grande i i'm sure there's over a thousand people in there by now, maybe maybe two thousand. I don't know. There must be some sort of energy that draws people there that are seeking some sort of spiritual growth or spiritual awareness or spiritual knowledge because there's a few places on earth that sort of draw people to kind of get more connected to to spirit, if you will, I guess is the best way to put it. So it's really interesting that you started there with Susan. Now was that where your artistic journey started? Or I know that you're a color, you're you're an artist probably as a kid with the crayons. But when you really started to take art seriously as like something as as a hobby or a serious hobby, slash I might sell some of these this work someday. Did that happen in Crestone with Susan or did that happen at all the time? I guess it really got more serious when I started taking Suzanne's classes. I did take a few classes in Santa Barbara, maybe 10 years before that. Um, I never had any thoughts of selling anything or showing anything, but Suzanne's classes, each class would end with us having a little showing right there in the classroom with each other's input and her input, which was always very helpful. And then at the end of a series of classes, she would have a showing the community or friends of ours and friends of hers were invited to. So we got used to the idea of showing our art in there. Uh, I think that's fantastic and so vital. I know that I've mentioned it 
many times on this podcast about how when I went back to get my photography degree, one of my most valuable classes was the critique classes. And as hard as it is, especially the first few times to put your work in front of others, to have them look at it with a critical eye, but an informative eye to help you grow as an artist is so incredibly valuable. Yeah. And so what was your experience with that like? Was it similar? It was very similar. I was very scared and I think all of us were, but she made it sound very safe. And she said, we're just, you know, a little group here and we're going to be nice to each other. And uh, this this is to help each other. And uh, I, I don't remember her wording, of course, but that was the sense that she was giving us. And it was, it was fun. And we got used to talking about each other's work and sharing with each other. And and it was just natural to be loving and supportive of each other in that process. We just all got used to it. Then it sure. got go to the more public showing. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you start out with a group <laughs> where you know it's safe. And, yes. and the critiques are really only there to help you improve, not to say, oh, you suck or anything, because we all have to st- we all have to start from somewhere. So uh, we tell ourselves that too much. Yeah, exactly. You're you're totally right about that. We we are our own harshest critics sometimes. It's something <laughs> we could all learn to let go of a little bit. Which the spirituality, I'm sure, is probably a part of that practice of learning to be more loving. And you talked about mm-hmm. a little bit before we started recording about it. Without getting too deep into that, how does that affect your artwork? I know Suzanne talked about her contemplative process where she Mm -hmm. meditates before she creates art and she sort of lets what has built up within her spirit come out on her artwork. Would you share us your journey with your art and and how, if and how that does involve spirit? Yeah, it was kind of a surprise in a way, but in another way related to music earlier in my life, it was the same experience. But what happened is, um, I learned this inner practice and as I went deeper and deeper with it and then I started seeing colors and I just started seeing things that I wanted to get on the paper. Mm, And at the end of my practice, I would write them down. I would make a lot of notes and little sketches and uh, then as soon as I could, I would get into the paints and it wasn't like an exact replica because the things were moving that I was seeing. Sure, sure. But it didn't matter. The energy, the feel of it was coming through as far as I could experience. And the finished product represented what I saw. And I, I don't have words for what it was. <laughs> you had said there that you wouldn't always go right from your uh, your meditative practice to painting. You would sometimes take notes and of, of observations that you had while you were in that state to then address later when you got in front of your canvas or your medium. Is that right? Yeah. While I was doing the meditation, I would stop and write down because I always had pencil and paper with me when I went into okay. my, my practice. And I would write down things, but then I'd go right back in to finish the practice before I when started doing the artwork okay and uh, let's let's back up a little bit on you and your journey you didn't start off in your adult life and your adult career as an artist is no. that correct 
So that's correct. <laughs> going back to the number three, you're the third. You're actually the fourth person who had a different art, a different career before they became an artist, like a full life career. But you're the third female that I'm talking to in a row who had a career, a life as an adult working person living in the world before they really embraced the artistic side and started to move in that direction. So if you will, just give us a little history of your life as an adult and how you came into the art world. Actually, I've been drawing and painting all my life, but it has okay. not been a career. Sure. Okay. Uh, okay. It's just been something I love to play with. I don't even know if it's a career now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a long story because it's been a long life. I was a painter for 22 years, right out of, oh, well, early, starting in my early 20s. However, that was a house painter. My husband ah, okay. started a business and um, trained me and I joined him and we painted houses together in Aspen and um, taught me an awfully lot about using color and make, we had to tint our own putties and everything that was before a lot of tinted things were available. Mm. So I don't know, and practice using brushes and all of those. It's not like that was a start to my art career, but it was a fun application of materials. Sure, absolutely. 100%. Give you, I think it gave you probably a really good foundation for when you kind of moved in that direction of art. Well, and I still like the materials, and sometimes I'll get a little bit of a certain house paint or something and use that in my art now because I just like the material. Sure. Oh, that's fantastic. So <laughs> when, when did you... And you said you've always been sort of coloring, drawing, painting. When was it where you said, hey, this is something that I love to do so much that other people may like it too, and I may actually be able to, to sell some of this work or at least share this work with other people where you felt that confidence in it? It kind of came in little by little in Crestone. I moved to Crestone in 99, and then I think it was about 2012, a group of artists started CrestoneArtist.com. Mm. And in that group, I started considering maybe maybe it was a possibility, but it was still part, really pretty far out there. I was busy doing other work, mostly bookkeeping, and I worked for the town of Crestone for a while. Okay. I don't know that it has even come yet to, to be a real big career idea but i'm playing with it i'm moving into it uh it, it's just been amazing to me that once in a while somebody would see my work and want to buy it yes crestone artists had some opportunities to show art we had open studio tours we had a group showing now and then at various places and i was in one of those it's just been a real, it's been a real kind of a sideline thing. And now I'm thinking, well, maybe this would be a fun way to, to support my retirement years. Sure, sure. You know, I heard someone once told me, and I don't remember where I heard it or where it came from, but you, the moment you go from an amateur to professional in any sort of artistic endeavor is when someone wants to pay for what you do. And I so... Yeah. <laughs> so you could be a if you sold a piece of artwork, you're a professional. I guess. Oh, you're not a full time professional. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you still do it and you love it and you've made some money on it. 
And it's funny because I've also had one other artist who worked very part-time at artwork for, for a long time and mm-hmm. had a career and then said, you know what? I There was enough people that were enjoying his work where he was able to supplement supplement his current income from another job with his art sales. And so that's when he made the shift. And I'm like, that's, that's a brilliant way to do it. And I, in retirement, you know, you're, you probably have a, a lot smaller, maybe financial need. So you can make that transition a lot sooner than most people. <laughs> this is what I want to maybe. say. Maybe. <laughs> if you ever decide, sure, of course. So talk a little bit about your artistic process a little more. You talked about the colors and how you record from your meditative practices, what you want to draw. You're on the Art Unknown store. We'll talk a little bit about that. But in regards to your art in particular, the things that you've shared with us were very sort of kind of a mix of nature and space, somewhat ethereal, obviously very bright colors. We covered that right from the get-go. You like bright colors, <laughs> which I also love. You had a lot of like planetoid objects, planets in sort of the space sky type realm. How is that coming into your life now through your meditative practice and into your art? Talk to me about that. Well, I have a sense of vastness in me that probably comes from my spiritual practice and things that I've learned. And I want to get that sense into the paintings. Mm. And I don't know exactly how that comes about. I do experience some vastness in the paintings, but I may be the only one on the planet who experiences that. I don't know. I have a longing for what's beyond what's, you know, it's, I just want to keep going. It's like reality doesn't have an end to it. And I want to just keep going deeper and further and further and see where it all goes. Mm, Wow. Let me ask you this. On a very physical sense, would you have a desire to go out into space and just travel to the stars if that was a possibility? Well, I, I don't know that I'd want to physically. I think we can go out of the body and do that. Ah, uh, that was a test. <laughs> no, that was great. That was a great. That was a great answer. Great response. <laughs> so, what's your favorite color these days? Purple, gold. That those come up right away, but I love them all. Purple and gold, okay. And I like emerald green. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a good one. I, I very much like bright colors as well. And it's interesting as how tastes change when we're from younger to older. I've met very few people that are like, I love red and I've always loved red. And red is my color. So the day mm. I'm gone, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this year I love blue a lot or whatever. So uh, I like that you said right now, I'm loving purple, loving gold. Talk a little bit about the Art Unknown store. I've mentioned it a couple of times. You reached out to us and said, hey, I heard about you through this person. Tell me more about what you do. How did you find us? Number one, I guess, did you find us from Suzanne or tell me about that? I started out with a group of friends. We were considering how we could put our art to work for us a little bit. And uh, I know we were exploring ways to get it on clothing and different items and Mm -hmm. talking about that. And I know some some websites were discussed. I honestly don't remember if yours was or not, 
I know that it sounded familiar when um, Suzanne told me what she was doing. And so I looked into it at that point. And I, I just really loved, you know, what you were about, that you were concerned about taking care of the Earth's resources and all, all the things that you do to make sure there's no waste. That, and then I loved the way that you put the color deeply into the fabric and, and um, you were careful on how you applied it. Uh, I just liked an awfully lot about your store and, and your story, just who you are. It was wonderful to be able to read that. Wow. So I wanted to be part of that if I could. Oh, I'm blessing. I'm blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate that. And I, I didn't thank you for saying that. This was, for those of you listening, this was not pre-planned. I didn't know what she was going to say. <laughs> but I appreciate you saying that. It was, you know, when we first started doing this, I had a, you know, I had a, I used to have an arts magazine in Denver. And when I knew that I wanted to do something with art as far as an online marketplace, and we came up with the idea of something of the art unknown store, what it is today. The more we looked into it, the more I was like, wow, like this, this should really be part of the give back of to the art community. And so it's been, yeah, it's been a really great journey so far, being just a year, over a year and a half old and having an amazing group of artists with us so far. And the fact that your art was really quite different. Most everything we have in our store, with the exception of one artist, is really abstract. Two artists. We have a photographer now who has some art on the store, which is amazing, but really abstract. And your yours is sort of a bit surreal. I don't know if there's a classification for your art. It's based <laughs> in realism, but it's definitely not real. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, there's some fantasy to it with kind of like I talked about with the planetoids and the big skies and things, but it's based in reality where you have obvious cliffs and water and things like that, trees. So it's really different art that we have in our store. So when you reached out and said, hey, tell me more, I wasn't sure. Like I was also, <laughs> more about what? Like, <laughs> what should I say? So I guess I said the right things. And then you were like, hey, what do you think of this art? At first, I'll be totally honest with you. I was like, I don't think it's going to work on the clothes. Mm -hmm. But you know what happens most often when we put stuff on the clothing, it just looks amazing. Like, well, this is really cool. And I say, would I own that? Or my wife is like, would I own that or wear that? So your artwork had that effect on us. So we were really glad to, to have you as an artist on the Art Unknown store. So I'm very excited to have you on board and very excited to promote and, and let the world see your art from our audience and our perspective. And hopefully it'll be really, really amazing. Thank you. Oh, for all yeah. I'm really grateful to, to get a shot at doing this. Well, you know, we're just getting started. We're just getting started with you. The store is just getting started. I love what one of my artists said. I put out a letter, if you will, I guess an email to all of the artists at the beginning of our second year of business and said, this is where we've been. This is, this is our history of the past year. And this is where we're going. And I got this really touching email from somebody who said, whatever you do, I'm in this for the long haul. What you've done so far, I love. And I'm like, that's great because... You know, it's just starting out. Everything's a challenge when you just start out. And it's been such a great uh, blessing to have so many wonderful artists join us. So I'm very excited to promote your work on the store and to see how it progresses. Let's talk a little bit more, if we can, about art specifically. Because you have a history in house painting and in working with the materials and now working specifically as an artist in your burgeoning career, if you will. 
Why is it that you think we should care about art? Well, I'm not sure I have a should about that. Uh, I think it's <laughs> should really, we care about art? <laughs> I think that uh, art can really touch a person. And I also think you need to be open to be touched by it. So there's a should. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it's very available to those who want to enjoy it. And um, when I say available, I'm not saying just a, a physical picture hanging on the wall, but sure. the depth of it, the feeling of it, the energy of the colors. I think there's just a lot available that can come through and touch a person in many ways. So I, I would encourage people to look at art and experience art just to see what happens inside of them. To see what happens inside of them. Yeah, it's like a, taking a trip. <laughs> you said be, um, be open to it. Would yeah. you expand a, a little bit more on that as far as like being available to experience the art? Well, sometimes, you know, you can just walk through a gallery because somebody else is with you that wants to go through the gallery and you just see all these pictures go by. But if you were, if you will just stop and look at one, and you can look at the detail of what the picture is, what story it's telling, but you can also just stand there and and let it touch you. However, it does. There there can be something that really moves you, and you may not be able to point to anything in the painting and say that's really making me feel this or that. And, but you can still feel, maybe you'll feel something very sad or maybe you'll feel something very uplifting. There, there's just a lot available on many levels of expression and um, feeling. There's a bigger word than feeling, sensing. Where do you think that, where do you think that comes from? My first guess would be just as we learn to expand our own awareness and open up to new ways of of receiving information just finding that we can be touched on many levels of our awareness sure. I think those examples show up in in artwork um, you can be touched in the emotions you can be touched in the spirit in a spiritually uplifting way you can be touched by old memories that it, the painting might trigger mm. so there's just a lot in there that's available but it takes some time to stand there and look at it <laughs> instead <laughs> of just walking through the gallery or whatever sure absolutely absolutely you were talking about going into a museum and looking at art and i know that i've experienced many times going and seeing art that did i didn't feel moved by I'm like oh that's nice <laughs> And I especially have that with with older artwork where it's very like Renaissance art or art that's very like I can go, wow, that's obviously a lot of talent is required to paint realistic, whether it's a still life or human figures, especially human figures, and to get to light and shadow. It's I've always I'm always very moved by the talent required. Mm -hmm. Not so much as going, wow, that's something about this touches me deep in my soul. But there's definitely work where I've had that experience, this this kind of internal something that makes us emote in a certain way and so i'm sure many people have experienced this and and that's i find that very fascinating 
it's not just with visual art. It can be with music, it, movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, TV commercials, advertisements. That's Those are the best, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the <internet. laughs> they know how to connect. What's interesting, though, I think, thinking about it, is they connect on a very kind of, I don't want to say surface level, but it's it's they can reach directly into our, like a really good ad will reach directly into your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. But a really good piece of artwork is a more subtle kind of experience that will take you to that place, but a, a, a different way. It's, it's yeah. subtle in a, in a different kind of way. That's something I'm sure that there are many scholars have spent a lot of time discussing. <laughs> but I'm sure. Go ahead. You had some well, I, I, I think with the, the TV ad, they have a certain amount of time and they want to get a certain thing across. And they've, they've studied all these ways to get this little piece of it and this little piece of it to all make a person feel whatever they want them to feel. And it's just really done very well and very powerfully yeah. with that in mind. And I, I think with a, a painting, maybe I should just speak for myself, but I'm, sure. not, I'm not doing it for out there as much as I'm trying to express what I'm feeling inside. Mm. And this could also be because I haven't been focused on making it my career or my job. Sure. That might change things. And so for me, it's like, well, somebody's going to relate to this and somebody isn't. And that's all just got to be fine. It's got to be the way it is. That's that that is the reality of it. Yeah, I I think, think. Go ahead. Well, I I'm I don't know if I'm trying to express anything. Maybe I am. Maybe I want to share with people the the exquisite feeling that sometimes goes on inside of me just in the process of painting something that I feel uplifted by. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to share it, but it's not my goal to have to get it shared. Right, right. It sounds like you're sharing it in a way for yourself of like, I have this inside of me and I'm expressing it out. And then I guess yeah. the subtle the subtle difference, or maybe not too subtle difference between advertising that works so well, I don't care who you are, you cannot mm-hmm. deny the power of advertising. Uh-huh. Um, like, I think you hit it on the head. You said it's done specifically for the masses or specifically for out there, the external, mm-hmm. to connect where you're doing it for yourself internally. And when the connection happens, it's because someone's resonating at a similar... Exactly frequency call i don't know exactly what to call it but they're they're resonating with that piece in the same way that you resonated when you first expressed it i think that's really 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 powerful one of the things like another relation that i have is like i can totally see that with sometimes with photography especially when it comes to nature i don't care how many photos or videos or movies you've seen that that show the grand canyon Um, and just using america for example when you go to the Grand Canyon and see it for the first time in real life, there is almost no words that can describe <laughs> this amazing hole in the ground. That it's just so vast and so, yeah. it, to me, indescribable. And and it doesn't matter how much I try to paint it or take a picture of it or replicate it in any way. Seeing it on film or on canvas or even in video is not comparable to real life. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that you have that similar experience with your artwork. Is like this is the best I can do to get what I feel inside or see inside out to the world. Yeah. That's true. Yes. It's quite an experience to have it inwardly and then to try to put it on a a flat piece of paper 
It's quite <laughs> different. I think that's why I have this desire to go deeper and, and somehow get the depth that I was experiencing inwardly. Mm. So you mentioned their translation to a piece of paper, which is 2D. You're seeing these in three-dimensional or maybe even multi-dimensional, four-dimensions or whatever, like mm -hmm. if there's time involved. And so this is your, like your mortal self trying to <laughs> show what your spirit sees in a way. <laughs> yes, and it's trying to capture one instant in timelessness, which yeah. is impossible. Wow, that's that's pretty wow. that's pretty powerful. How does your how does your spiritual practice like right now? You're at a seminary. Do you want to talk about that at all on the podcast? I don't mind talking about it. I may not have answers, but go well, ahead. Tell us. Why don't you tell the listeners? So you're you're at a, at a seminary for. It sounds like for you, from what you shared with me, that it's it's more of your own sort of spiritual enlightenment. It's not necessarily to to preach whatever, for lack of a better term, this word, it's a, it's a place to, for higher spiritual learning. Tell us a little bit about it, uh, the name of it, if you will, for the audience and kind of what, what it stands for. Yeah. Uh, the, the name of the school part of it, the seminary part of the church of MSIA is Peace Theological Seminary and College of Philosophy. And, um, there's a real easy website to get information on that. And it'll, it'll, it's called peacelabyrinth.org because we also have a garden with a labyrinth in it that people can visit. Oh, nice. If you, I can't remember what you hit, but there will be a place that refers you to MSI and a place that refers you to Peace Theological Seminary. Okay. Anyway, I was pretty sure, oh, goodness. Just this history is coming up. You can stop me if it's too long. But I did have a really spiritual experience at age 13. But for okay. some reason in my 20s, I decided I was an atheist. And, okay. um, <laughs> and then uh, sometime after that, all these growth movements started showing up. And my husband and I, and I did a bunch of them, including Est. And one of our friends was having this man come up and give a seminar. And we said, oh, sure, we'll go. And it turned out to be John Roger, who was the founder of MSIA. Okay. And so I remember sitting in that seminar and in my good old atheist consciousness and just kind of, oh, sure, yeah, right. Uh -huh. and, and he stopped and he looked out at the audience and he said, Sorry, folks, that's the way it is. And I knew he was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had all this resistance. And, and yet we didn't leave. I, I don't know what my husband was experiencing with that. But um, after the seminar, I was just compelled to go up and at least say hello to him. And sure. he put his hand over my hand without touching. And I felt. Uh, great heat and then he took my hand and his hand was ice cold and I thought how did that happen what's going on and he told me my heart was opening and the one side of me was going oh sure my heart's opening what is he now and the other side was going my heart's opening and there was a part of me that was so thankful and it was like thank god <laughs> I 
I just don't know how to explain that, but it's like being on the edge of some great abyss and suddenly being pulled away from it. Mm. Interesting. So I don't know why did that come up. Oh, part <laughs> of my, why I'm at the seminary. Yeah. Well, that was yeah, the yeah. beginning of it. That was the beginning okay. of it. That was 1980. Okay. And I started studying. I got to attend a few live seminars. I got to visit the seminary and stay a few nights. And I got to do some traveling with John Roger and a lot of his students. And I'm continuing to study. I'm here for continuing to study and practice and be with what I call my spiritual family, although I love all of the world as my family. How many people are, are living there? studying well, it's dropped quite a bit since covid but i don't know i would guess there may be 30 or 40 living here okay that's very interesting and and did, were you involved you were involved was there there was a branch of mi now i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast msia what does that stand for again movement of spiritual inner awareness Movement of Spiritual Inner Awareness. Was there a group in Crestone, Colorado, uh, when you lived there of, of MSI? Not really. There were two of us. <laughs> two, uh, yeah. A group of One two. One other person and myself. Oh, well, hey, that's... <laughs> that was good. In a that town that small, important. that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it sounds like your art and this sort of spirituality practice have been sort of coinciding together for a long time would you say that's true that's true and it also involved music earlier okay uh, i went through a period of time where i was still drawing and fooling around with colors but i had a big focus on music and songwriting and that happened the same way and then i i think other songwriters would relate to this sometimes a whole song would just come in boom sure the words, the, the melody, the harmony, all of it. And, and you just have to stop what you're doing and write it down so you don't forget it. It was the same sort of thing. And uh, I, especially after coming into the movement, I felt very inspired with, how can I say it other than love? It was just a great big feeling of joy and upliftment and loving. And, and it inspired the songs the same way it inspires the artwork. Mm. I don't, yeah, I don't it's separate. It's the same thing that was going on. I've heard that from a lot of people. I've experienced that myself as a musician, as, uh, as, a, as a visual artist. And I've heard musicians say that, like, boom, so mm -hmm. the inspiration hits. I mean, that's a, that's a very true thing in the art world for sure mm -hmm. um and being able to be open to heat to to take that information sometimes is a challenge it's a big so, so do you have recordings of music that you've created or i have one old cassette left with all my songs <laughs> well not all of them, but all that i have left i don't have any <laughs> no it's the same with art i never put anything out there i sang it a mm. few seminars for openings and stuff but i never i never did anything with it sure I, sure I in a caroling group in in aspen and i sang with a gospel choir in santa barbara but never any any intention of 
going anywhere with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having Just doing fun. it for the for the joy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, what What do you think? Having it sounds like you're having a little bit of that sort of experience of oh, I'm doing this for the joy of it, not necessarily to become an artist. And now later in your life, with actual visual art, you're kind of playing with that a little idea. And it sounds like that it really grew from people, like you said earlier, approaching you and saying, hey, I love this. I'd like to buy this. Or where can I get a copy of it? Or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think holds artists back from pursuing a career in the art world or pursuing selling their artwork? For me, it was not feeling like it was good enough. Mm, Okay. That's, That's a real common theme in a lot of phases of life i think not just art but sure you're right about I that had, i had to realize that it has nothing to do with being good enough it has to do with expressing what my art is and the people who relate to that will be the ones who are interested in it and the nice thing is we all express differently so everybody who wants to buy art is going to find what they want yep yeah. that's so true that's so true yeah so I think the, the key was getting over being worried about whether it was good enough or not. <laughs> it's simply you, my expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think Suzanne's classes helped with that? Very much. I think I think a lot of experiences in life helped with that. But Suzanne had a good focus on that and mm. um, was was quite emphatic about, you know, your art is yours and, and don't be afraid to show it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, like you said, it's a, it resonates with most areas of our lives. I mean, we mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what we do. Everybody has to start at point A, and we all yeah. suck at point A. And, you know, and like, the, I think the challenge is we compare ourselves, not comparing ourselves today to how we were yesterday, but we compare ourselves, especially in the art world, to a master who's been exactly. doing it for 20 or 30 years and go, wow, look how good they are and look at what they're mm-hmm. doing. Like, but what did they? What did their work look like the first time they picked up a paintbrush or a pencil <laughs> or a crayon or what? Or took a picture, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. You know what I mean? And so we forget that everybody has to start at point A. And so I think that's a really valuable lesson that you mm-hmm. learn and that you shared just now. That getting over our fear of we're not good enough. Maybe when you first start out, you weren't as good as you are today, and today you're not as good as you'll be a year from now or five years from now or what have you. But mm-hmm. it's also different different people will see your art and good is subjective just like anything else it'll be yeah process yeah is there really a good and bad involved you're right yeah here's what i'm doing today here's here's what i did yesterday right the hard thing sometimes is to say hey if it resonates with you great and if not that's great too. yeah it's hard to say but that's the truth yeah yeah for sure if you could go back say if you could go back, let's go back to Aspen, Colorado, when you were painting houses. If you could give yourself any sort of piece of advice from an artist's perspective, what would you say to yourself? <laughs> As a house painter? Oh, my. I, I think probably a really nice thing I learned as a house painter, but it really applies in house painting, but it was all the detailed ways of how to hold the brush, how to dip the brush, how to slap off the excess, how to 
put the paint on and then how to brush it smoothly and then how to cut in a really fine line is mm. just practice, practice, practice. Maybe that's the advice. Practice, practice, practice all the different <laughs> techniques that you want to learn. Because they yeah. improve as you practice. It's the only way you can become better for yeah. sure. What do you hope to give to the world as an artist? I, I know you're creating this art. You're sharing your your spiritual journeys, visions, awakenings, a process. What do you hope to give the world as an artist? Maybe add to their enjoyment a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that my art touches people in a way that is uplifting, maybe awakening. I have an affirmation about my art. Okay. I have I have an affirmation about all aspects of my life. One little paragraph is about my art. And um, would you like to share it with us? I guess I would. Okay. <laughs> this first of all the um, well, I did tell you that the consciousness that works with us through John Roger and now John Morton and has been around, it's, it's currently called the mystical traveler consciousness. Okay. So I use, that, I use the word traveler in this little affirmation. Okay. So it's, I am an artist standing forward as God's grateful handmaiden and instrument, sharing my joy and my loving with all, through painting God's light in resplendent colors with the traveler, and singing God's sound in a joyful noise unto the Lord with the traveler, not for my own glory, but for the glory of God. And I invite God to touch to anyone with any of these works any way God wants to. So I would say that's my goal and what I want to share with the world. Wow, that's pretty, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing those words with us. It's a, it's a great, Thank you. it's a great belief to have, or not belief, it's a great affirmation you use it it's a great mantra to carry with you as you create your work how often do you do you create oh goodness i would say i touch into it a little bit every day okay <laughs> <laughs> to actually get everything set up and paint it might be two or three times a week okay i can get lost in it for several hours uh, that's that's great, isn't it? I talk a lot with artists about that on the podcast, mm -hmm. and I have that experience of, you know, you call it the zone or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you, just, you disappear into your work, and then next thing you know, <laughs> wait, wasn't the sun up? <laughs> I thought it was daylight. <laughs> I thought it was the middle of the day. So that's pretty great that you have those experiences as well. And I, I imagine that they come forth pretty easily, especially because you base this in a spiritual practice of a meditative practice and and you, so you're working from that place and yeah probably put you back in that state many times when you're trying to get that that vision that's in your spirit think, onto the yeah i do try to to maintain that and stay in touch with with the spirit that i feel is with me yeah it's pretty that's pretty that's pretty great it's really important yeah absolutely as in in the fact that it was like with uh, with Susan Fraser doing her contemplative, having a meditation yes. before she started painting, but it's a very it's a very similar concept, and it and different artists have different ways of getting into it. But I believe we all get into it in some way. 
I do too. When we work, yeah. And it happens not just with artists too, you know, people can get in their job and they walk in, they get really focused on the task at hand. I hear that happen often mm-hmm. with like computer programmers. And I think mainly because you're staring at the screen, but they're programming. And then next thing you know, it's two hours later and they're like, wait, wait, what happened? What's been going on? <laughs> so, well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for taking the time to discuss your art with, with me and, and share with the podcast audience. Is there anything special that you have in, in your art career, if you will, uh, whether it's a show coming up or I know COVID has turned the world upside down, but it seems that people many places are getting sort of back to normal life. They're doing art shows and things like that. I know you talked a little bit about doing that when you're in Cresta, when you lived in Cresta. Have you been involved in art shows since being in California? Are you doing any art shows in the future? Anything like that? I had an art show here at the seminary a few years ago, and um, I'm being asked to do another one. I'm not quite ready to do that, but I I, I said, yes, I'd like to do that. So will this, I will. will this be a solo show of your own work or will you have multiple? It might be or it might be two or three of us. It, it, can, it can vary. We sure. often share what we're doing. So um, oh, that's fantastic. sometimes it's one person and sometimes it's, it's more. And then there's a man, I, I, he's writing a poetry book. It's not published yet, so I'm, I'm really not going to say his name or anything, but sure, got one of my paintings in the oh, book. Oh, his book. Oh, uh-huh. to go along with his poetry. That's fantastic. Congratulations right. on that. So that'll, that, that'll be coming out. That's great. Keep us, keep us in mind. Let us know when that happens so we can share with our audience. I think I'm also going to have some beautiful clothing coming out pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So we're so excited to have you on the Art Unknown Store as a new artist. I hope for everyone to check that out and see her work. It's really bright and bold. Uh, what's, what's the medium, primary medium that you paint in, by the way, or that you, you create your art in? A lot of my older ones were oil pastels, which I learned okay. from Stan. I would say that three of the the ones, the three that have a painted mat on them, yes. those are mixed media. There's okay. just some of everything in those. <laughs> some of uh, everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like, now I'm going more to water-based materials. And mm. um, that would be watercolor, water paint, house paint, latex yeah, yeah. paint. And some acrylics right and and then i might end up using some pencil under or over oh wow okay that's that's fun to have kind of different different media to play with and see how they react together and interact together yeah it is fun well fantastic well yes i'm excited to have you on our store to show off the new artwork that or the the new clothing the new pieces with your artwork is gonna be really exciting and do you think that the show that you do at the seminary, do you think that'll be this year or early next year? It could be later this year. Okay. So Janet's got, she's got a show coming up. She's got her, po- <laughs> her artwork in a poetry book. Pretty exciting. I think that's really, really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Art Unknown store, I, I pimped myself out enough, so I'm not going to do that <laughs> anymore. But again, <laughs> appreciate you taking the time. Do you have any final words of wisdom or uh, bits of thoughts or advice that you want to share with the Art Unknown audience? Oh, goodness. I just, I just 
really want to share the fun in all this. And I'm really grateful to be able to do this with your store. I'm really grateful to be part of the family of artists that you have. It's been fun following what they're doing and looking at their beautiful clothing lines. And I just feel like I'm adding to the fun of life and adding another segment of my own personal family into my life. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. And that's, I think that's fantastic. I feel like I'm just adding to the fun of life. That's a beautiful statement. I think we should end it right there. Janet, Janet Dozeny, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time and your, and your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Jim. The music for this episode of the podcast is once again two-time Grammy award-winning pianist Peter Cater. The song is Starry Night off his latest release, the improvisational album Soul Story. Check out Peter's music wherever you listen to your music and stay tuned for our exclusive Art Unknown podcast interview coming up with Peter Cater. A big thanks once again to Janet Dosany for this interview and for having her art as a new collection on the Art Unknown store. Do check it out, artunknownstore.com. And as always, podcast listeners, bonus time! That's right, you guys get 10% off any purchase from the Art Unknown store. Just use the discount code AUPODCAST10. Once again, that's AUPODCAST10 at artunknownstore.com. This has been your host and producer, Jim Wills, and thank you again, each and every one of you, for taking this journey with me. Now, get out there, take care of one another, and of course, as always, feed your soul with art.